Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Why, hello, Hannah. Hello, Kindle. And hello, world. Welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers, a show where two real-life sisters discuss some fake brothers who do spooky things, family style. Five words of warning, however. We're not experts. We're sisters. <laughs> How are you doing, Hannah? Oh, I am doing all right. I am well on my way to becoming a student, and that's exciting. Fantastic. Fantastic. Always good to better yourself. Go get that education. Hell yeah. Get that learning, schooling. I didn't wake you up too early, did I? Oh, no. No? All right, you had time to eat some breakfast? I had nuggets. Well, that's not very breakfasty of you. But I also got a coffee. Coffee and nuggets. <laughs> coffee and nuggets. Jeez. <laughs> You're just the epitome of healthy living. Ah, uh, you know, I try. <laughs> My breakfast was not quite toast, because it wasn't toasted, it was just a piece of bread. <laughs> you had bread for breakfast. <laughs> it was bread for breakfast with some peanut butter and some jerry. Aww. Peanut, peanut butter, jelly. <laughs> I do like all this breakfast talk. I did wonder, Hannah... Yes. If we were to discuss cereals, mm -hmm. cereal is such a staple of childhood, I feel. Ours was curbed somewhat because of health issues and money issues, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Mom never bought Reese's cereal. <laughs> Just specifically Reese's. <laughs> well, well, I know this. I remember this because I remember being at the pool with a couple of friends and someone had a box of it, like no milk, no bowl, just the box. And I was so excited, and I ate some. Oh, you know what? Yes, Reese's cereal is probably the best cereal. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Peanut butter, chocolate, and milk. Like, what all, What more do you need in a bowl? Probably some nutrition. Yeah, just put that in a smoothie and shove it down my gullet. Yes. Don't even need to chew. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, I look back on my childhood, a cereal that stood out. Because, yes, our mom, one, for monetary reasons, we got the bags at the bottom of the shelf mm -hmm. that were then kept in little Tupperware containers that you would, like, pitchers that were usually used for things like lemonade, only we used them for cereal. Yeah. But two, some people in our family decided to go get themselves the diabetes. So <laughs> then it was... All right, we're having cornflakes. <laughs> I, I remember a lot of Raisin Bran. A lot of Raisin Bran? A lot of the Smackerdoodles? What were those? The Smackios? <laughs> honey Smacks. The puffed Oats? Honey yeah. Smacks. But the off-brand Honey Smacks. The <laughs> yeah. The Puffed Oats. <laughs> <laughs> 
But before all that drama happened, I remember being in our great-grandmother's, our great-grandmother's house in Tennessee, that house that Uncle Larry moved into later on. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that was our great-grandmother's originally. Mama's mama's mom. And I don't remember much about that house or our great-grandmother. I remember two things. I remember eating hominy, (laughs) cooked hominy. And I remember eating Trix cereal. Ooh, got that fancy. And oh, lordy, that was a treat. <laughs> All those delicious tricks. But I have to say, I've never had tricks as an adult, so I think they're... They're for kids. <laughs> their advertisement, their advertising really works. You're just like, I can't eat tricks. I'm not a kid. <laughs> Oh, man. When I was at diabetic camp, I used to get really jealous of the kids that had gluten allergies. And it's because... <laughs> no, You're no, double listen. sick and I'm jealous. <laughs> well, it was because they got a different selection of cereal than everyone else. So all the other diabetics got things like Cheerios, like plain Cheerios and Raisin Bran, things like God. that. And the kids that had gluten allergies... They got to have the things like tricks and Fruit Loops and things like that. <laughs> I was like, see, at that point, look, everybody have tricks and Fruit Loops and just compensate. Because yeah, they're other... gonna have the bolus extra for it anyway. Yeah, <sighs> Ugh, it's so rude. And come on, you can only eat so much Cheerios and Raisin Bran before you want a raisin puke. <laughs> And I do, I do enjoy Raisin Bran, only because I enjoy the raisins. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. It's not for the bran. Raisin Bran Crunch is pretty good because they have like that light glaze on the flakes, and then you have the granola clusters in there. That's so the not sugar, bad. the sugar is what makes it good, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, sugar transforms it, and it is delicious. Well, I won't say that cereal is a major topic in this episode, but I feel like it's a topic. It is a topic. It is a topic. So let's get into Season 1, Episode 18, Something Wicked. So, of course, listeners, your favorite part... (laughs) It's recap time! And we immediately know this is not a plot episode because we have the same old, same old. I did have to wonder, this is the 18th episode, Mm -hmm. and they don't really change it up much. However, I was thinking, your average TV show with the average intro music, even this podcast and other shows like it, the intro doesn't really change all that often. So... Maybe I'm just being super picky because they decided to not have the typical intro and therefore I'm holding it to a different standard. Or am I only judging the monotony of this opening sequence because I know that they actually use this previously on section in the future to a better effect? And maybe if this had just been the by Meanwhile on Supernatural, or previously on Supernatural, or whatever Dean says at the top of every episode. Previously on. Previously on Supernatural. Maybe if that was just the intro for all 14 seasons, I would have said, Ah, oh, our 
good old intro that we have every time, and I love dearly. No, I think it's because we're paying such close attention to this show, because we're dissecting it and talking about it, that we're finding these things to nitpick over. Fair. I will say, the last couple seasons of the show that has been airing, I have been a little, like, <laughs> uh, what's the word? Worried about seizures of people watching the show, because with 13, 14 seasons to draw on, whenever they do the then segment, <laughs> it's just, alright, we're dealing with vampires this episode? Quick flash to every vampire we've ever seen, and also the current drama between the boys. <laughs> and 30 seconds later, you're just like, whoa, what did I just see? <laughs> It's a lot of vampires. It's a lot of vampires. Heaven forbid they face a ghost in season 14. <laughs> Real quick, good news. I am only one season behind right now. I finally finished season 13. <laughs> oh my god, fucking finally. <laughs> I'm so ready to start talking season 14 with you. I know. They had their 300th, Hannah. Oh my god. I know, and I know what happened. Well, that's, I'm sorry you got so spoiled. I'm always spoiled. But anyways, the one thing besides all that that I wanted to say about this recap, they end it with Sam saying, you know, his usual, the only thing I care about is finding dad. And <laughs> I was mad. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, but you found dad. You found him. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we know. You found him. Why, do you, why is that all you care about? You expressly parted ways with the purpose of not finding dad. <laughs> Why is this our intro? <laughs> uh, because, um, because, uh, you know, John, the father. No. He, uh, no. he sent them on this case. And that's mm -hmm. why they wanted to include Sam saying something about him. Yeah, because the whole dad's journal part wasn't enough. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Real place and a suburb of Madison. Shout out to all Fitchburgians. Ah. Ah. Oh, you were shouting out. <laughs> I, I was getting a shout out. <laughs> what did you think I was doing? I, I thought you were shouting to, like, stop me like I did something wrong. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Uh, actually, Hannah, it's Fitchboygians. <laughs> Fitchboygians. <laughs> a little girl says her prayers as her father puts her to bed. She asks about her mom, and we learn that mom is watching over the sister in the hospital. We cut to later that night as the girl is unable to sleep. The uncovered window spooks her, so she closes the ineffectual gauzy curtains that seem to be standard around here. She lays back down, scared, and she should be, as we see a spindly branch-like hand creep into the window. <laughs> we see that hand again grabbing her shoulder. This brave child doesn't scream until she actually sees the gaping maw of the monster. Very brave girl. Very brave girl. She said and her prayer wrong, though. How so? I mean, maybe there's different versions of that yeah. prayer, but she didn't say it the way I know it, so... She said oh, it wrong. Okay. All right, <laughs> prayer police. <laughs> That's me. We all know how religious you are. 
<laughs> I was thinking that this little girl had to have seen something the way Michael had. And that's why she's freaked out about the window. And that's why she doesn't start screaming the second she sees that nasty-ass finger reaching over her shoulder. Because I definitely would have screamed. Yeah, she she may have seen what happened to her sister. Also, can I point out something that just really skeeved me out? Uh-huh. When he's saying goodnight to his daughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a weird nickname. It's a yes! weird nickname. It's an awful <laughs> nickname. Don't call your daughter that. Ew. Don't call your daughter a monkey's vagina. Come on. <laughs> Good night, my little monkey puss. I mean, I'm sure Ugh. monkey vaginas are great in the world of animalia vaginas, but Ugh. I don't think any child wants to be called one. <laughs> I, I just want to know, is that in the script or was the actor like, what's a nickname that a dad would call a child lovingly? Oh, monkey puss. It's like a monkey and a cat. <laughs> uh. Well, no, I I am aware that puss is another word for face, but they paired it with the word monkey, with, and then both of those words have other lesser meanings, and it's just gross. What's the other meaning for monkey? Oh, there's this hip-hop song, I want to get to you and that monkey. Anyway, it's the same thing as vagina. Really? Yep. Huh. <laughs> like monkey, kitty, things like that. Uh, even some Egyptians would compare it to a duck. Why do I know these things? Oh, that's just weird. Now, ducks have some weird genitalia. God. Let me tell you what. Their genitalia is like a corkscrew. Like you could open a wine with that dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, the male cat's penis is barbed. And they didn't insult the females about that. But, you know, maybe the lady cats are into that. And just so you know, that's a reference to Castiel. Oh, right, right. I remember that now. Yeah. No, yeah. Monkey puss. It's weird. Also, daddy. Daddy? Daddy? You heard a scream. Exactly! How how the fuck you think it's pneumonia? (laughs) I mean, if, if I ran to my child's room after the child screamed and found them passed out... I would not think. Oh, they must, must have, have caught pneumonia. The pneumonia. <laughs> Windows open. Must be pneumonia. <laughs> must be the diabetes pneumonia. <laughs> <sighs> so these these sweet boys are on the road, and they just don't know why. And John John gave them coordinates, and that's just about it. <laughs> There's only two options here. One. All the talking they've done with Dad in these last few episodes has just kind of drained John's social energies. <laughs> and uh-huh. he's back to his coordinates. Just go. <laughs> or I think the way the recap in this scene is set up that the episode was slotted originally to take place before the reunion with John. Before Shadow and before Scarecrow and all that. Yeah, possibly. But I couldn't find anything online to corroborate that, so... Yeah. Sam has his doubts, but Dean, being the oldest, is always right. And... Sassy Sam. Uh, sassy Dean, but correct Dean. Because being the oldest does mean you're always right. <laughs> I wish I would, like, leave myself context clues, because sometimes in my notes, I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Lexus Nexus. Mmm. 
Yes, yes. Did you catch that? Yeah, and I actually looked into it, and it was not worth oh. <laughs> putting into the notes. It's, okay. It's an actual database for lawyers and research peoples and oh, okay. data. <laughs> it just, it sounded cool, and I was like, ooh, LexisNexis, what is that? LexisNexis. They, I don't think they ever name it by name again. But you know when all the Lexus cars get together? <laughs> what do you call a convention about Lexuses? A Lexus Nexus. Yes. All right, any car conventions in the future, you can just pay us a small royalty and you you can use that name. <laughs> so they roll into Fitchboig and all seems well until Smart Sammy realizes it's quiet. Too quiet. Where are all the kiddos at the park? There's just one child there with her mother, so Dean approaches the mom, and he learns that four or so kids have gotten sick lately and are now in the hospital. And somehow, these four kids, four, account for all the bizarre quietness in the park. <sighs> one? I actually thought it was kind of creepy of him to notice that there weren't any kids at the park, because I wouldn't have noticed an empty playground. And, I mean, more so these days than... What, ten years ago when this happened? Well, they had some practice, what, with baby ghost hands and <laughs> their chills in the park there. Yeah. And they were in the park with Charlie during Bloody Mary. They probably, you know, observed some kids then. Yeah. But no, I would have I would have thought one kid playing, okay, you know, maybe this park isn't the popular one. <laughs> it's kind of small and next to all these roads. Kind of makes sense. Also, the mommy here. I didn't recognize her in Faith, but I did recognize her here. It's Hannah, a future angel. <laughs> Not to be confused with our Hannah, who's a current angel. <laughs> and I'm better in every way. Absolutely every way. Although you probably also would try to mack on Castiel real hard. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> the boys... Change into suits. It's bona fide. He's a suitor. And these aren't the black suits. They have new suits. Still working on being fashionable with it, but they're making progress. Dean hasn't worked on making any new badges lately, so Sam has to make do with a bikini inspector badge as they try to pass as agents from the Center for Disease Control. <laughs> Somehow, Dean doesn't have to do anything. He just like walks over to the edge of the counter and waits for Sam to get away with this. The way he acted, it was as though he's already been to the hospital and already been cleared, and he's just waiting for his new friend to also get clearance. Yeah. It, it was just weird. And really, though, the nurse should have demanded to see Sam's ID a little more than that. Yeah, he, he flashed it real quick to her because he didn't want her to look too close, and thankfully she was just like, oh, well, he has something like an ID, I'm sure. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, bad nurse. Bad. bad, bad nurse. As they head upstairs, Dean is creeped out by a crone in a wheelchair next to an inverted cross. Don't worry about her, though. <laughs> they meet the doctor, one Mr. Not Mr. Doctor. He got it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> not Mr. Doctor, because he got a degree. <laughs> I guess you could say Mr. Doctor, but... <laughs> They Mr. Meet, Dr. Heidecker. They meet Mr. Dr. Heidecker. We learn there are six kids in five weeks, 
that have gotten sick. They are all in comas, and none of the medicine is working. Now, six cases in five weeks, that's like once a week? Yeah, a little more. A little, a little more than once a week. Yeah. All that they can guess is that it's pneumonia, but it's spreading from family to family instead of by contact. They ask to interview the parents, and we meet the dad from the beginning again. As the boys loom over him, we learn that Mary and Bethany are his girls. Bethany is the girl we met in the beginning, and all the dad can think is that the window was open, even though he's sure that he closed it before putting Bethany to bed. Open windows don't cause pneumonia. Not as far as I'm aware. Cold air doesn't cause pneumonia. Cold air isn't inherently worse than hot air. Well, isn't it, like, moisture in your lungs that causes pneumonia? In that case, hot air would be worse, and in fact, pneumonia is more prevalent in tropical areas. The only reason we dumb humans think cold weather means pneumonia is because we go from spreading out in the nice weather to all being cooped up indoors together and spreading our nasty germs to each other. Yeah. That's the only reason. It's not... Ah! Open windows. I have a lot of anger over window window (laughs) myths fan myths uh and i'm sorry i didn't put any quotes from sam in these notes because he definitely soft voiced the dad it's okay oh definitely yeah the boys are torn about whether this is their kind of case and sam creepily points out that mary and bethany's home will probably be empty for a while you know who's not going to be home for a while that father (laughs) That guy. <laughs> he pitches his voice so low and deep. <laughs> yes, he does. You know it's not going to be just, home for a while. It's, I do know one thing's for sure. That <laughs> fucktar's not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, so they're in the girls' room, and they aren't getting EMF or... Uh, Sam is blacklighting the whole place like it's a motel <laughs> room. with a blacklight? And I'm like, okay, these... <laughs> girls are children. I don't know why you're looking for, like, cum shots in a child's room. (sighs) Yeah. And I don't even know why they started with the door frames when, obviously, the window was the anomaly. But when they finally make it to the window, they notice that a handprint has rotted into the windowsill. What the fuck? Dean recognizes it, and we get our First, Winchester flashback! Yay! Yay! So we see baby Dean getting his instructions from John in a toupee about which phone calls will be his, how long to stay put, where to go if there's trouble, etc. And John leaves for a hunt with his 10-year-old child responsible for his other child. Back in the present, Dean knows what this is now. It's a monster that John wasn't able to kill for some reason. Uh, Freaking, I gotta say, this is my least favorite Sam actor. The dopiest Sam to ever dope. I want to say there's another Dean that I like less than this baby Dean. And of course, all babies are cute and valid. Yes. Great. But in terms of, like, fitting, I think, their features and their mannerisms... These two are neither my favorites nor my least favorites. Colin Forth is my favorite Sam, aside from Jared Padalecki. And... 
I don't know any of their names. We're just going to have to wait 16 million seasons for us to get there, and then I can finally say, this one! This you one's know, my favorite! You know the one that looks like Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we have our Running Away to Arizona episode, and our Bully episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I really like the Dean from The Boys Home. Yes, that's my favorite Dean, too! Yeah! When he plays the guitar! Yeah! Oh, yeah. That's my favorite baby Dean. <laughs> All other baby D's can just go rot in hell. <laughs> wow. <sighs> and I guess I won't get into all of my John hate here, but... Oh, John, you done fucked up, son. I know. Oh, I I address it in the next flashback. Same, same. Same. The boys go find a motel to stay at, but before they can check in, they... Name that... Monster! Me, 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 Astriga is a vampiric witch in Albanian folklore that feeds on the blood of babies during the night and can turn into a small flying insect like a moth. According to legend, those babies drained by the Striga could only be healed by the Striga that hurt it, and if left unhealed, the babies would die. Striga are described as old, hooked of nose, and pale-eyed. The male term for Striga is Strigu, or Strigan. So we will come to find that our boys aren't hunting a Striga, they're hunting a Strigu! It seems, though, that any gender of the term was used mostly to refer to an evil person. One wasn't born a Striga, but became one for one evil reason or another, usually having to do with children. If you believed in God, you were pretty okay. God would protect you from the evil. If you worried that wasn't enough, you could also use salt or garlic to ward yourself from the evil eye of a Striga. Now, that evil eye is what you really had to watch out for. It particularly would like to go after newborns, children, and like pretty Sam. ladies. So if you ever came across a person falling into one of those three categories, you should boop them on the nose and say a certain phrase in order to let them know, Hey, I am nice, and I hope an evil eye doesn't get you. Now, besides salt, garlic, and nose boops, how do you defend yourself from a striga? Option 1. Trap the disguised Striga in the church on Easter Sunday by placing a cross made of pig bones on the entrance. This seems to rely on many variables and doesn't take into account the fact that one of the flies buzzing around the room is a Striga. So how do you know your plan worked? Option 2. Sometimes Striga get a little too full on baby blood and need to go have a little puke in the woods. If you submerge a silver coin in that bloody vomit, it can become an amulet that protects you from all Striga everywhere. I'm almost sold on this one, since it works on all the Striga, but there's a fair amount of personal risk in stalking a Striga to its puking place. Also, gross. Mm. Option 3. Catholics say it's easy. Just douse them in holy water. Done. Destroyed. I like this one, as it applies to demons as well. Give me a two for any day. Option 4. Muslims say that if you quote a Quran verse at a striga and then spit on it with water, it will kill the striga, or at least send it away. Best option is best. Memorize a verse or two and carry regular old bottled water on me? Done. And that concludes our section called... <laughs> Name That, that Monster! monster. not 
super forthcoming with the info, but says that John hunted one in Fort Douglas, Wisconsin, which is not a real place, about 17 years ago. Sam feels Dean is hiding something because it's not often that their dad lets something get away. Really? 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 Because I'm pretty sure two episodes ago, Daddy couldn't handle a demon and some devas, and those got away. They totally got away. They totally got away. So, nah. Dean's a liar. You know, we start sentence with, true this, liars. They just don't know their dad. They think their dad is perfect. You might even say poifect. Poifect. <laughs> they think that dad is poifect, and they just don't realize the evidence right in front of their fucking eyes. <laughs> Remember that time a couple weeks ago when you were slashed to almost death by Davis and your dad was not helpful in the least? He really wasn't. What did he even do? He did. He hobbled out. He fell out. over and got carried out by Dean. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> he just bragged about how he was going to kill a demon, be the first one to ever kill a demon. Meanwhile, is completely aware of the devas that are about to slice his guts open. Mm-hmm. God, what a terrible hunter. <laughs> Not the best. <laughs> In the motel, we meet one of the most memorable child actors of the series. He teases the boys about being gay, because that's funny, I guess, until his mother, Joanna, arrives to take over the check-in process. She sends the kid, Michael, off to feed his brother, because of course, of all the motels in this city, we had to visit the one motel with siblings that map up with Sam and Dean perfectly. It's map on to. Map on to is like when you place one over the other and they match correctly. It's called mapping on to. Well, I didn't understand that, so... Well, now you do. I, I did it my way. I did it I'm my way! way. <laughs> <laughs> there was a close-up of the credit card in this scene. And again, I really... You mentioned it's a MasterCard. I, I really wonder if this was supposed to be a much earlier episode. Because... <laughs> We just haven't been reminded enough about how these boys live off of credit card fraud. Yeah. Oh, so silly. Okay. What was his name? Carl Mamma Jammers? <laughs> was it? It was, I don't know, it was like K.M. Ammers something, I don't know. <laughs> As Michael pours his brother a glass of milk, we get our second flashback to the baby boys. Dean is pouring Sam a glass of milk. Sam is unhappy with his choice of SpaghettiOs for dinner and wants Lucky Charms instead. Dean is irritated and sad because he never even got any of the cereal for some reason. Sam innocently offers the cereal prize to Dean as though, of course, that fixes everything. We get sweet Sam after whiny Sam. This is still kind of, oh, you mean he was sweet at the end of the scene when he started out kind of whiny. Yeah, like, you went to all this trouble to make me SpaghettiOs and I don't want SpaghettiOs. I want them lucky charms. Freaking Dean throws the spaghettios away yes! instead of like like <gasps> saving them for later. He's wasting that food. He's gonna ah. have to go steal some more later, doesn't he realize? <sighs> I know, it made me very mad that he just wasted all that food that he so meticulously prepared for his brother. Right, and like if he wasn't getting, you know, the lucky charms that he wanted, he should at least eat the spaghettios if Sam's not gonna eat them. I'm guessing he already ate, and that's why, or he has plans to eat something else, or maybe he had planned to eat the Lucky Charms for dinner. Mm -hmm. Also, what if Sam eats those Lucky Charms, and cereal is not that filling? So, 
maybe he would be hungry later and whoops, we're all out of scabettios because I threw them in the trash because you whined about dinner. <laughs> maybe this is a lesson for future Sam. <laughs> yeah. Also, why did Dean never serve himself some cereal? They're in a motel room ruled by children, and he is the boss. Yeah, how did he not get any of that cereal? He's been making the healthy choices. <laughs> He's been eating his raisin bran so he can go poop better. Ew. So we're in the hotel room now, and Sam's getting more info on them strigas, letting us know that these Albanian witches just love to suck up children's souls, and they are immune to everything so... Oh, but wait. Dean has more info that he was holding out on. Strigas can be killed with guns while feeding. Kind of makes you wonder what they would have done before guns were invented. <laughs> Maybe before they had guns, they just used consecrated iron rods that they speared the Striga with. Or consecrated Striga. iron swords? Striga. 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 Uh, you have to say it with that accent or it doesn't work. <laughs> if you say striga with the accent three times from a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam's back in his weird, dumb, purple dog shirt again. And I hate it. I love, <laughs> I love I that it. purple dog shirt. No, I love the purple dog shirt. I don't love it on him. It doesn't <laughs> match his personality. No, it doesn't. Where the fuck did you get that shirt, Sam? It doesn't match Dean's personality. <laughs> oh, I like, know what it, it would is. Match, it would match Garth's personality. Jess got it for him. Jess got it for him? Yeah. All right, so he's wearing it for her. Yes. Oh, Jess. I guess you hadn't been dating that long if you thought that shirt was a good choice for him. When she thought it would be funny. Or that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sam says it was not easy finding information on Striga. I had no problem finding information on Striga. Does that mean I'm better at this than Sam? Well. Well. You, you are living in a time of more advanced technology than Sam was at the time of his <sighs> research. You're right. I've got like 14 years more internet than he does. Mm -hmm. All right. No, you're fair. You're fair. However, even though it's 14 years ago, I do love how many tabs Sam has open on his browser. Yes. He, he, he's a proper researcher. <laughs> um, speaking of consecrated bullets and iron and swords and all that, where do you think these boys go to get their shit consecrated? Um, Pastor Jim? Do you think they make a trip out to Pastor Jim every three months or so and just plop down a bunch of ammunition in his lap and say, All right, priest, make Jesus love us. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Dear Jesus, please bless all of these bullets. I promise I will not use them to hurt the good people. Amen. Amen. So somewhere in all of this, Sam's beginning to get fed up with all of Dean's half-truths, but he's going to let it go for now, because they need to go find their averagely evil Joe. Or an old crone, whichever they find first. And at this point... Dean recalls the lady in the wheelchair at the hospital. The hospital, which is at the center of the map, in the middle of all the sick children. And he only sells it to lovely, snarky Sam, who gets his jabs in, when he mentions that, well, there was an inverted cross in her room. An old person in a hospital? Really, Dean? 
Sassy Sam gets me every time. Gotta love that Sassy Sam. You don't really get to see a lot of truly laughing Sassy Sam in future seasons, so we gotta enjoy it now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the pig and a poke episode that really just kind of crushed his soul. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. That will do it. Ah, all right. These plainsclothes assholes sneak into the hospital that night and slowly approach this withered old blind lady. Guns at the ready. Dean gets so close to her face that he can probably smell whatever jello she had for dinner. When she comes to life and demands to know who is there and why has nobody fixed her cross yet, Dean got scared, and it was all a mistake. (laughs) Two episodes in a row where we've seen Dean spooked. (laughs) And this isn't the first time that they've had guns on a helpless old lady. When was the first time? Uh, Did I say first time? This isn't the last time? Well, this isn't the only time. Ah. (laughs) That's what I meant. Ah. Because in that bed and breakfast place they stay at, and they're like, Mm. I'm not going to poke her with a stick. With the dolls. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I really had to wonder why Dean was all up in her face like that. (laughs) And I mean, checking for a gaping maw that glows? I don't know. Well, the only way I could rationalize it is... He's trying to tempt the Striga into sucking his Spiritus Vitae out so that they could shoot her mid-snack? Yeah, I guess. But they didn't make that clear. They just made Dean look like a really creepy fucker. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta smell your breath, old lady, so I can know if you're evil or not. She could be evil, or she could have had cornflakes. I don't know. She is sleeping with her peepers open. How does she see the cross? Her and her blind peepers. Yeah, she's like quite obviously blind, so how does she... That's That bugged me too, like how did she even know that the cross was inverted? And really, if you want to keep a cross from being inverted, don't nail it at the bottom, nail it at the top. I'm trying to do spatial math in my head with a cross, and it's really hard, and I don't like it. So I'm going to stop and just trust you. Alright. Math is hard. <laughs> Back at the motel, Michael and his brother are peacefully sleeping when a creepy hand opens their windows. What? All of these families must employ the same interior decorators and landscapers. Uh, yes, please. I would like sheer curtains. Mm-hmm. Yep, just the sheerest curtains. And, uh, you, yes, ma'am, I would like just a bunch of spindly trees. No, not in the yard, right outside the windows. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, one or two by each window, please. Yes, thank you. Sam is still cackling when they get back to the motel, even though they are without any leads now. But then, Dean's brother-in-crisis Spidey sense tingles at the sight of Michael moping on a bench. They find out that Asher, the younger brother, got sick in the middle of the night and is hospitalized. It must be the pneumonia. Dean reassures him that it's not his fault, but that doesn't help much. Especially when Dean here is saying... When he says, it's not your fault, he's saying, it's my fault. And this kid, who's a great actor, is like, why are you trying to take blame for something that I'm obviously responsible for? Yeah. it it. I didn't like how Michael was like, my brother Asher is sick. And Dean goes, the little guy? Like, who else? <laughs> who else? It could have been a puppy that they hadn't seen before. The little guy? Well, they did. He never got a name for Asher before. <sighs> Would you have preferred he said your little brother? 
Or that other kid that you were feeding the other night? I, I just, I don't know why he needed that clarification of the one who was little. The one who was smaller <laughs> than you. That male thing that was smaller. Also, while Dean is conversing with Michael, Sam is, like, cutting his eyes back and forth between Michael and Dean because he sees the bonding happening right in front of him. He knows how good Dean is with kids. He does. Joanna comes out with just about enough camping equipment to last her a week and (laughs) announces that she's leaving Michael behind, alone, in a motel full of strangers for the foreseeable future. Michael is also upset at this idea, but Mr. Dean Follow Orders Winchester says, lay off mom while she's making terrible decisions, (laughs) and offers to drive Joanna to the hospital. Because she's in no condition to drive, but we are trusting that she's in good enough condition to decide to leave her child, Michael, all alone at his motel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and this second personal connection that didn't exist until two minutes ago is just too much for Dean, and he's now angry at the monster. Now Ooh. it's personal. I'm, I'm so glad that Dean didn't hit on the mom, but this is an emotional case for him, so I'm also not surprised. Isn't it sad, though, that we have to say, thank God Dean didn't hit on women in this one. <laughs> like, what low standards. What a bar to try and reach. <laughs> and then there's always the caveat of, this was a personal case for Dean, so he doesn't flirt when it's personal. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Sam is at the library, trying to figure out who this witch could be, by finding all the other instances of weird child illness. We can only guess. Who knows what Wonder Sam's search parameters were? Sam calls Dean with an update about all the towns the Striga has hit, the oldest one being a little over a hundred years ago, and how it's only getting started in Fitchburg. Fitchboig. Fitchboig. While talking, he finds a picture from the oldest case when cameras were so new that no monster would worry about that weird contraption in the corner. And hello, Dr. Heidecker. Mr. Dr. Heidecker. Thank you. You're welcome. His full and proper name. (laughs) Seriously, though, how did Sam search this? Google.com, or in this case, I don't know, (laughs) AskJeeves.com. Sick kids through history. (laughs) Lots of kids sick at once. (laughs) By the way, though, I did end up watching... A 90-minute documentary about Black River Falls, Wisconsin, when I was sick the other day. Hmm. Because of this mention in the episode. Was it informative? Not really. Was it relevant? Not really. Uh, Let me find the name of the documentary. Come on, Kendall, the fans are waiting. It's okay, I'm gonna edit this out. Calm your tits. They are secure. Wisconsin Death Trip. All right. Yeah, so I can't really say that it was informative about this episode, but there was this one year when people just went batshit in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. The way Sam describes it is very apt. It's crazy. In the span of... It it seemed like in one year, the documentary wasn't so great about giving an actual timeline for everything besides winter, spring, summer, fall. Mm -hmm. But... All of this bonkers shit happens. No explanation. (laughs) The documentary doesn't try to suppose what happened 
or <laughs> provide any explanation or theories. It just says these are all the articles of what happened in this one year in this one place in Wisconsin where a bunch of people killed each other, committed suicide, or just died for weird reasons. Jesus. If you look at the census, the census records for Black River Falls, the population from the 1890s to 1900, which is when this year happens, the population is almost like cut in half. Whoa. <laughs> it's crazy. Damons. Yeah, weird documentary. Damons. Damons. It was Damons. Those demons. Gotta stay out of Fitch Boy. <laughs> Speaking of the devil, the doctor is stroking Asher's head and reassuring Joanna. Gross. He and Dean have a brief conversation filled with double meanings. I really care about these children. Yes! One Dean's revenge face, like, it's just front and center. Duh. And when he says, nothing is more important to me than these kids... That's, like, the most honest thing he's said thus far, and it just skeeves me out. Yep, yep, yep. He says I love my dinner. Ugh. These dinners give me long life. Ugh. So I can always look so beautiful. Ugh. So, somehow they're back at the motel. I guess Dean took whatever the 2006 version of an Uber was. <laughs> and Sam is just kicking himself for not knowing it sooner. The hospital was at the center of all, and who best to be automatically trusted with that question but a doctor? God, what an idiot, Sam. <laughs> he is so mad that he's shocked that Dean was able to stay calm. Dean's getting smart. So smart that he has a plan to use Michael as bait for the Striga. They debate back and forth, leading to the revelation of Dean's dark past. So we have our third flashback. Baby Dean was bored and just wanted to get out. Sam was sleeping, so he went next door to play an arcade game. When he got back, he saw a monster hovering over Sam, who for some reason has been rearranged on the bed. He got the gun and was waiting for the moment to shoot when John busts in and ruins the whole thing. The Striga gets away, Sam is okay, and John wants to know everything that happened. Dean, a child, over-admits, even though his absence had no effect on the scenario. Instead of staying calm and loving both of his children... He gets mad at Dean. Now, granted, Dean's version might have been a little different than mine, but <laughs> I'm telling you what I saw. Yeah, instead of getting, instead of being glad that both of his boys were okay, his only concern was for Sam, and then he gets on to Dean. Ugh. Yeah. So at the end of the story that Dean says is that they were taken to Pastor Jim's immediately. The Striga was gone by the time John got back. They never spoke of it again. Their relationship was never quite the same. Sam tries to absolve him, and then he offers to, instead of putting Michael up on the chopping block, one of them can just play a very huge child. <laughs> but that's whole, that whole thing shot down by Dean. So yeah, let's get into our quick little John rants. It makes me so mad. He just, he should love both of his boys. The same. Mm -hmm. So one, I was again pretty distracted by Sam's dumb shirt. <laughs> but then two, the music kind of drew me back in. Three, this whole story is bullshit. I wish anyone with sense could have been there to tell Dean to just shut his dumb mouth and his dumb story that's full of inaccuracies and tell him that even if he had been there the whole freaking time, it wouldn't have made a difference. Mm -mm. Hell, it might have made it worse, because 
if he had been there the whole time, his eyes would have been glued on the TV and the noise would have been loud and he would have noticed the door closing partway. Or he could have been asleep too. Exactly. And let's just pretend that John did tell Dean that there was a child hunting monster in the area. Maybe he did tell Dean a little bit about the Striga, enough that he would know it's called a Striga and that it can be killed by consecrated iron rounds. All right, so let's pretend that John did enough due diligence to inform his son about what the monster was that was out there before he left his two children alone. Even though their goodbye seemed standard by Dean's reaction, it's fucking John's fault for leaving two kids, his two kids, to get eaten by a Striga. And, and fuck John for putting this case on Dean to solve. This was not Dean's monster to kill. It is not Dean's job to protect Sammy. Hell, I wouldn't put it past John to be using his kids as bait. That's what I was thinking, too. Even uh-huh. more reason to not be pissed at Dean. God, and, fuck John. And he's doing, if his kids are bait, he's doing a bad job watching them if he didn't notice Dean not even sneak next door, but just leave to go 20 yards away to go play an arcade game for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the writer's intention was with this backstory. I think they were trying to sell us on his character, maybe. But I think it just makes us see Dean's damage via yeah. John. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make Dean look bad. It just makes John look hella bad. Like, even when Sam's sitting there like, well, it's not your fault. And, and Dean's just like, don't. Don't. God. Like, I was tearing up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was tearing up. mm you're so emotional. I am. Yeah. I did I did feel like Sam was pretty weak in his it's not your fault part. Almost as though Sam kind of can see, oh, if you had followed Dad's orders, that wouldn't have happened. But you're a kid, so kids make mistakes and it's okay. Instead mm-hmm. of our dad was an asshole for leaving his two kids alone knowing full well that a child-eating monster was out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. John rant over for now. For now. For now. They take the plan to Michael, who rightly thinks they're insane. However, Dean's... That sounds like the beginning of a poem. (laughs) They take their plan to Michael, who Who rightly rightly thinks thinks they are insane. insane. (laughs) (laughs) This is is my public speaking voice. Mm -hmm. However, Dean's brother approach and description of the monster jibes with Michael's experience. He doesn't say yes at first, but later that night knocks on their door and says he'll do anything to save his brother, even if he's not sure it will work. Brave boy. I did love the knock, 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 dramatic zoom in of who's knocking. (laughs) I think this scene means more for Sam than it does for Dean, because I think he gets a lot of clarity in this instance of the knowledge that he has someone who will always be there for him and protect him, no matter what. Yes, when Michael Michael is like, you're a big brother, and you'd do anything for your little brother. And I was just like, yes, he would. And then, you know, Sam's back there, you know, hearing the whole thing, and he's like, yeah, my brother loves me. (laughs) My big brother loves me so much. So much. Him take care of me. They finally put their night vision camera to actual use, to put eyes and ears on Michael's room. They leave him with reassurances of their skills and warnings of what to expect and what to do. How do they know that Striga show up on camera? Well, there is the photo of the Striga in human form, so they may have just assumed that it would still show up even in its 
Striga form. Yeah. I mean, this this Striga can only be killed in one specific instance, so if it didn't appear on camera, that'd be a little overpowered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like this conversation with Dean and Michael, because I think he really prepares the kid really well, and he double-checks that you know, Michael is okay with this whole situation, and if he needs to back out, it's totally fine. And he says he wouldn't be mad. He won't be mad. But at the end of the day, whether this kid is quote-unquote bait or not, that Shriku is coming after it tonight anyways. Yeah. I mean, Michael is gonna have his soul sucked tonight. Either they're there for it or they're not. They didn't even need to tell Michael anything. No, they, they, they've they could have, you know, just had Michael somewhere else, you know, but instead they don't, they don't, they just use him as bait. Because how else would they kill the monster? They they could have saved Michael another way, but the Striga would have gotten away. Yeah. So, so, two birds, one stone. As they wait for the monster to show, Sam tries to have another chick flick moment. But we can only have one, and that was for the other flashback. Uh, showing that he understands Dean better now. Dean pulls the tough guy routine and is the one with superpowers now as he spots the hand in the window. How much is dun, that dun, hand dun. in the window? Scratch, scratch. <laughs> the one with the spindly wrist. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. at this moment. When does this doctor sleep? <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, he's working shifts at the hospital all day and then napping kids at night. Ugh, tough job. Tough job. Both napping as in kidnapping and napping <laughs> as in putting them in comas. <laughs> Maybe these kids are like his caffeine and he just takes a hit and he's like, Woo, I could go for days. Yeah. They're like cocaine. Yes. I really wish... They had shown the Strigu trying to awkwardly fit his whole body to the tiny window. <laughs> that would have been so good. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Just one leg first, and then the awkward hop-hop as you try to get your other leg through. You coat, yes. Your cloak kind of trips around you for a second. <laughs> that cloak is going to get caught on the actual branches outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and it pulls back the Strigu's hood a little bit, and he's like, oh, oh, got it. Fix, okay, fix the hood, fix the cloak, all right, everything <laughs> together. Turn around and present. <laughs> they wait till the last possible moment while Michael stares the Striga down, and then burst into the room with a, hey, and Michael down, stopping the Striga from feeding, idiots. They shoot it down, and everyone breathes and waits to see if it's dead. Well, it's not. They didn't shoot it while it was feeding. It ragdolls the boys a bit before pinning Sam and trying to nom on his soul. Dean risks it all by saying, hey, again. But luckily, the Strigu is too hungry for this one to stop. And the bullet kills it. They watch it not melt, Kindle. It like went, pfft. it disintegrated. But they put a few more rounds in it just to be sure. It kind of looked like it melted a little bit. It went, pfft. it was all dust. Semantics. Semantics. Do you think Michael's floor is just filled with bullet holes now? Yeah. How the hell is he supposed <laughs> to explain the bullet holes to his mom? Like, thanks, Dean. Your extra shots just to make yourself feel better now have left me with this huge story I have to try and make up to convince my mom that everything was normal while she was gone. Thanks, Dean. 
I love that, you know, Dean asks if Sam's okay, and he just put two thumbs up. <laughs> Who's got two thumbs and is okay? Sam. I did like the thumbs up. I did not like the, are you okay, little brother? Like, I felt like that was a little forced and a little on the nose for, yes, I get it. This whole episode is about Dean's need to protect his little brother. As it emphasis- was more for Michael, because um, they didn't expressly tell the kid that they were brothers. But in that moment, Michael knows that Sam is his little brother. And why does that matter now? I don't know. I'm just telling you. And I'm just telling you it felt weird and forced and awkward. Yeah, I didn't like it particularly either, but that's (laughs) why. So why are you arguing? I don't know. (laughs) I love you. I love you. Also, special effects on Sam's soul-sucked face. Muy bien. (laughs) Yeah. So, case done solved. The boys are packing up to leave as Joanna arrives back at the motel looking for Michael because she just realized that she left him all alone. (laughs) She informs everyone that all the children are recovering quickly with no explanation. Mr. Dr. Heidecker must be sick, and it's all sunshine and roses now. So, everybody's getting better. Yay. Yay. (laughs) So, she takes Michael off to go visit his brother... And Sam laments anyone having to learn about things that go bump in the night. Dean laments Sam not having that innocence also. If, if it means anything, I, I wish you could too. <sighs> My boy! This cannot be the first time Sam is realizing the repercussions of telling people about boogie monsters. Considering they drop the truth every other freaking episode. Yeah! This had to have been slotted to air much earlier than this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Had to have been. Had to have been. Had to have been. Any other thoughts? No. Then, Hannah, let's discuss the plethora of themes we had in this episode. It's our first flashback episode. I have that one. Nice. Check that one off the list. Because I know we have flashbacks, mostly with Sam, I feel. But we have this episode, we have the Escape to Arizona episode, we have the Bullies episode, we have the Boys Home episode, we have the episode where he meets Amy. Mm-hmm. That's at least five off the top of my head. Yep. Alright, so maybe only maybe it's a very small theme, but it's a theme, damn it. It is. What's your next theme, Miss Hannah? Dean being good with kids. That was one of mine as well. Good. This is the first time in a long time that first him has his kid spidey sense. Don't say those words. That hurts my heart when you say that. What? First time in a long time. Why? Um, the episode Nightmare with the um, Max. Oh, right, right. First time right. in a long time. <laughs> I'm not getting over it, okay? Okay, all right. I love you. Another theme we have is library. Ooh, I didn't have that. (laughs) We thought libraries were dead. How many episodes? 13 episodes ago. 13 episodes ago, we declared libraries shall be no more. (laughs) We were wrong. So wrong. But at least we can admit it. Mm -hmm. What else you got? Sassy Sam. Sassy Sam. I love Sassy Sam. We got a lot of Sassy Sam last episode, and it's nice to see that he's carried over into this one. <laughs> An old person? 
in a hospital. <laughs> I feel like in the future, it's a lot more of that, only with less grins. But Sassy Sam is a great Sam. <laughs> You're bossy and short. Paired with that is Superpower Sam spots Mr. Dr. Heidegger in the picture. Yeah. Because <sighs> I wouldn't have. <laughs> and me either. The Super Sam senses. What else you got? Coffee. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, because when they get to the town, just before Sam mentions that the playground is empty, Dean walks up and hands Sam a coffee. Right. And coffee, it it may not be much of a discussion in the show, but it is a reoccurring theme in that, you know, in a lot of cases, they have coffee, they get each other coffee, or Sam's downing so much coffee because of nightmares, different things. We do see them discussing the cases while getting coffee a lot. Like, in Hell House, they were walking out to get coffee while Sam suffered from the itching powder. And in The Benders, he, Dean and the cop, bizarrely, like, got coffee together, even though he was under arrest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure why it stuck out to me this time, but I did notice it. Very good. Let's see. One of our usuals. Actually, this one we haven't had in a while since home, I think, maybe? Families. Families in danger. Oh. I was about to guess boys as ragdolls. I did not write down boys as ragdolls, but yeah. I didn't either, but I just thought of it. Mm-hmm. Boys as ragdolls. Did you have one more? Not the monster whoops. I was sleeping with my peepers open. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Had that false lead at first. Mm-hmm. Another thing we have is our ongoing motel life. So... I want to try and not care so much about the motel life as a theme in episodes where they just, you know, are in a room. But I like mentioning it here because we do see them checking in and interacting with the owners of the motel in a significant way. Yes. And for most motels, I don't I don't feel like we need to point it out, but I think there will be times when the motel is different and interesting and worth mentioning. Where it stands out. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. We have the theme of Dean is more of a parent than a brother. Yeah. That that very last line, that's not really something like a brother would say. Because I think a brother would say, I wish we could have that too. A parent would say, I wish you could have that too. Because a parent still wants to know what's out there so they can protect their child. Yes. Uh, We have gay Winchesters. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, our third time? <laughs> yeah, but it won't be the last won't be the last. Innocence, learning about the supernatural. Yay. It happens almost every time. Yes. But this is a big one. This is a rare theme. No one dies. Hey. Everybody lives. Besides the monster. <laughs> Good job, boys. Good job. Round of we applause. Did it. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay. <laughs> so, Hannah. Yes. Now that we've really delved into some of the themes, mm -hmm. would you please tell me, what did you hate and what did you love? When you're surrounded by I hate John. Yes. And the dopey Sam. Okay. They could have cast better. You hated that toupee on John, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. <laughs> They just made his hair a little thicker up on top and you didn't notice? <laughs> I hated another thoughtless mother. 
where have all the good Yeah, just gone? leaving her kid. Like, I don't understand why she didn't take her kid to the hospital with him, with her and then just, like, close the motel. I mean, I guess she's the sole employee, owner and employee of the motel, and, like, just close it. <laughs> That's when you call in a friend to yeah. run things or watch your kid or whatever. Some other adult that you know. Mm-hmm. You don't just abandon your child. Uh-uh. Uh, Michael's going to have issues. Like, I think it's fine that she lets him check in a customer every once in a while, but as far as being in charge of the motel while she's gone, no! Mm-mm. Not okay. Another little thing that I didn't enjoy so much, I felt like the Mr. Dr. Heidecker part of the monster wasn't really explored. Mm-mm. Apparently, the actor comes back in a later season in the episode Mm -hmm. Freaks and Geeks. Mm -hmm. But I didn't recognize him. I didn't even recognize him in that picture Sam found. So, what does it say (laughs) about the character of Mr. Dr. Heidecker that he's basically a very bland face? Which, I don't want to say that about the actor. But they didn't build his character, you know? Well, actually, I think that works for his character... As being, you know, kind of not really there and unnoticed and just trusted as a doctor, but also not a very prominent character so as not to raise suspicion. Yeah, okay, you're right. I just felt like afterwards I didn't have a lot of investment in the monster as a whole for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I get that. What did you love? What made your heart go thump thump? I loved Sassy Sam, and I loved the Big Brother Michael and Big Brother Dean moments. Like they're they're bonding over being big brothers. Like that really tore at my heartstrings. Just destroyed those strings. Yes, the heart can't strum no more. <laughs> I had a few little things that I loved about this. Just a few. So just a few small loves. I love they solved this one. Mm-hmm. They, this Triga is definitely dead. Nobody died. They were able to place a trap for it. They hunted very good. I also love the title. It's Something Wicked is also the title of one of my favorite Agatha Christie novels. It's also one of the best tracks on the Harry Potter OSTs. Mm-hmm. Just an all-around good quote. Very good quote for a witch episode. Even though this is not a witch as we will come to know a witch. Mm-mm. It's a very good episode for a witch. And I love the music. I thought the music lent a really good aura to the fe- to the episode. I'm glad. <laughs> I didn't notice the music. I noticed it this time, which I guess says things. The background music, not the whatever royalty-free rock jams Netflix just dropped in there. <laughs> All higgledy-piggledy. Yeah. All right, Hannah. I am tired. Tell me, what is coming up in your next eyes. time? Look around you. It's next time, life. we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 19, Provenance. When two sets... Provenance? Provence? Yeah. Provenance. Provence. Provenance. Provence? No, provenance. Whatever. When two sets of owners of the same painting are brutally murdered, Sam and Dean investigate with the help of an auction house owner's daughter. 
all while Dean shamelessly tries to pair her with his little brother. This synopsis was brought to us by Amber Brook from the U.S. Thank you, Amber Brook. Thank you, Amber Brook from the U.S. Thank you, IMDb. I, I'm really looking forward to this episode because it's probably my favorite episode of season one that isn't plot relevant. I am going to say that it's one of my favorites, too, if only because as soon as I read that synopsis, I knew exactly which episode it was, <laughs> and I knew who the main character was, and how much we all loved her, and how she came back in a later season, and how we were all sad, and yeah. And I remember that it's not the dad who's doing the murdering. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, all around good episode. I'm really excited to see La Sam get his smoochies on. Yeah, in in a healthy way. In a healthy way at his own pace, despite yeah. Dean's insistence that Pushing. he fucks. <laughs> right, Hannah, I love you. I don't think I'm ever going to be so concerned about what you do with your genitalia. Like, thank you. It's I could care less. Thank you. I could not care less. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Hannah, this has been lovely. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. <laughs> I'm so glad we joined each other in this endeavor. <laughs> so, listeners, if you'd like to join us again outside of this arena, you can find us at sisterstalkbrothers at gmail.com. You can find me on Tumblr at kindleabroad tumblr.com or on instagram at kindle 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 you can find me on tumblr uh that's jailbreakfiend.tumblr.com and everything overlord at tumblr.com or dot tumblr yeah dot tumblr.com you know how them tumblr urls work that's my misha blog and you can find me on instagram at jailbreakfiend oh hannah Yes. Real quick, didn't you say you wanted to do a shout-out to a person you met at a convention? Oh, yeah. I don't know her name, but I met her at the Supernatural panel at Chattacon, and she had her hair up in buns, and we agreed on a lot of things. Like We were like back and forth talking, and it was great. And, and I, I saw her afterwards, and I said hi, but I never got her name, but she's my friend now. You do friends weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> So, are, are you guys now friends beyond the con, or is this kind of your missed connections <laughs> attempt to find her again? Yes, this is my missed connections <laughs> come to find her. Um, she probably knows my name. Uh, I feel like she would have... I, I did give her a little advertisement for our show. Uh, so, she knows I'm Hannah. Hi, this is Hannah. We met at the con. And you can add me wherever. You know, all those places we listed earlier. Be our friend. Yeah. We love friends. We do. All right, Hannah. Unless there's anything else you want to say. I think that's it. All right. So, Bye, tune bitch. in. <laughs> tune in next week for... More monsters. More brothers. And more sisters. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Bye. Bye.
a hanio. Sawbones, and then with stuff you miss in history class, and then in stuff you miss in uh, the drunk history. The stuff you missed in drunk history. The stuff you missed in drunk history. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it's drunk history, come on, it's everything. <laughs> so what you're saying is somebody at Netflix done fucked up. That's what I'm saying. All right, all right, I accept that. I love it when you trip on your mouth. <laughs> Just kerplunk. <laughs> Listen to science. Muslims say that if you quote a Quran voice... <laughs> <laughs> Just put on your Quran voice. Why don't you want to say scabettios? Because it's... Because you put scabettios. <laughs> I want to tell you what kind of curtains I had when I was a kid. And then how I took them out. Because they were ugly. That story had a beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs>